On this episode, you're going to learn what God really meant in woman being a helpmate. Was she created to be subservient to man? And you'll also learn who is really behind this gender identity issue in the world today. Stay tuned. Life was bitter to the core. There was nothing to live for. Until love came. My name is Harold J. Perkins, and at the age of 17, I was selling drugs and on my way to an early grave. While sitting in my house with about 10 guys, God gave me an out-of-body experience, and I was lifted above the room. I could see everything moving in slow motion. After that, I got up and put those guys out, and I cried out to Jesus Christ. He came into my life with liberty and purpose. Then I ran into religion. And it has taken me over 40 years to navigate through religion to fully understand what came into me that day. This podcast is to help put you on a faster track than it took me to get through religion and experience life, liberty, and purpose on a higher level. So get ready. We're about to start a revolution. Again, welcome. I'm going to continue talking about is there femininity in the Godhead and who is this woman God created? You may say, why is this just now coming to the forefront? Well, I believe it's just like a man who is being recognized for something he did. And now he's at the end of his life. He's given an award and is asked to give an acceptance speech. And he goes to the microphone. And the first thing he does is ask his wife to stand up. And he says to the people, you all don't know this, but if not for what this woman has done behind the scenes, it would have been impossible for me to be who I am and to have done what I did. You have no idea how she's helped and supported me. She did all the dirty work and deserves just as much glory as you've given me. So will you join me in giving her an applause? She is my delight. Well, this is what Father God and Jesus are doing now with Holy Spirit and woman revealing who they really are and bringing them to the forefront for the grand finale in what will soon to be the end of this world as we know it now. Holy Spirit and woman will both rise up with Father God, Jesus, and man to give the world a demonstration of power like never seen before as we all walk in our roles as they were meant to be. I'm going to start this episode with the role of woman that has been watered down to her being a subservient helpmate someone who is of a lower position than man. And from this, you'll be able to see how Holy Spirit works with Father God. We're going to start in Genesis chapter 2, verses 20 through 23. Here's what it says. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to the fowls of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helpmeet for him. And the Lord God caused the deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he woman and brought her unto man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be woman because she was taken out of man. Now, this phrase translated help meet comes from two Hebrew words, Ezer and Kanagdo. Ezer means help, but in a distinct way. In English, a helper is sometimes thought of someone that is in a lower position. But Elzer describes strength. 
it suggests that the individual has power to rescue others. Ezra is used 21 times in the Old Testament, always describing a person with the capacity, allowing one to help, protect, or aid. In most of these cases, Ezra describes the way God offers help to rescue mankind. Isn't that something? Here are some of the examples of where the word is used. Deuteronomy 33, 29. Happy art thou, O Israel, saved by the Lord, the shield of your help. Psalm 70, verse 5. But I am poor and needy. Make haste unto me, O God. Thou art my help and my deliverer. And both of those I just read, Ezer is used for help. The same word used in regards to woman. Then there's Psalms 115, 9. O Israel, trust thou in the Lord. He is their help and their shield. All of these are the same word. The other word, kanagdo, though its meaning is less definitive, scholars agree that kanagdo means corresponding to and opposite to. It describes two things that are next to each other and complement each other, but different from each other, like facing opposites. Now, putting these two terms together, we see that Ezra Konegdar suggests that God created Eve in counterpart to Adam with the power to rescue and serve. Helpmeet is not a label of inferiority, but an acknowledgement of strength. Isn't that something? Now, we know that there is no inferiority in the Godhead. They are all one and equal. Equal, yet there is a hierarchy of operation. Father God has his function. Mother Holy Spirit has her function. And the Son, Jesus, has his function. One harmonious family, just like man and woman were created to function. Woman was not created to be subservient any more than Holy Spirit is subservient to Father God. All are one with different functions. In the Godhead, all are God. In mankind that God created, both man and woman are both men. That's why it's woman, which is man with a womb, and man, a man without a womb. Both are one with different characteristics and functions that complement each other. Never was there to be competition and division. Satan, the fallen angel, is responsible for this. From the Garden of Eden, he has had an agenda against women because he knew that one day she would bring forth the seed that would destroy his kingdom. Satan has even used the church to carry out his agenda with verses like I just covered, and we see the same thing happening in the New Testament. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and we'll see what I'm talking about. I'm in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 34 and 35. Let your women keep silent in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also says the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husband at home, for it is a shame for a woman to speak in church. I sound pretty strong, doesn't it? Well, let's break this down. The first thing that I want to address here is that in the previous chapters, Paul is talking about women speaking in church. So why now would he be telling them to be silent? The next thing is Paul in verse 34 said they are to be silent according to the law. Well, 
The law of Moses has no such law. In the Old Testament, there were several women prophets. So we know Paul was not talking about the Mosaic law. Also, he was not talking about the Mosaic law because in all his other writings, when he talked about and he gave reference to the Mosaic law, he gave chapter and verse when he quoted from the law. But we don't see that here. So what was he referring to? Well, during the 400 years that the Jews were not hearing from God, they added what is called the Jewish oral laws. These laws were not inspired by God. These were man-made laws. Paul is quoting one that they said. One of the laws there said it is a shame for a woman to let her voice be heard among men. Now, why would Paul be quoting this when he had women working in ministry with him? Because this was him quoting those in the church at Corinth that were trying to enforce this in the church. This is a rebuke from Paul of those that were trying to enforce this in the church in Corinth. And how we see that is to read verse 36. Now, with that understanding, let's read all the verses and let's add verse 36 with it. Here's what it says. Let your woman keep silent in the churches, for it is not permitted unto them to speak, but they are commanded to be under obedience, as also says the law. And if they will learn anything, let them ask their husband at home, for it is a shame for woman to speak. Verse 36 says this, what came the word of God out from you or came it unto you only? Did you hear that? Again, verse 36 says, what came the word of God out from you or came it unto you only? This is a rebuke by Paul. But look how the church has used this to lord over women. There's another passage in 1 Timothy chapter 2 where Paul was writing to Timothy about things that were happening in the church in Ephesus, the same city talked about in the book of Acts where there were worshipers of the goddess Diana. Scholars believe that that which Paul rebuked in 1 Timothy had to do with a women that were sat down because they were thinking they were gods. It was just for that situation. It was not something to be taught in Christianity as a whole, but look at what's happening. Now, when I conclude this series of messages, I'm going to point to resources so that you could check it out for yourself. There are scholars in Hebrew and religious studies that have concluded from the Hebrew writings of the Old Testament and early writings of the New Testament that were not written in Greek or Latin that Holy Spirit was and is a she. Now, one last thing I'll say on this before I go on to am I masculine or feminine? Why did God wait to take woman out of man? He could have created them both together. I believe he wanted to give us a picture of the Godhead and how much we are in his image and that we are one. Holy Spirit came out of the Father God. They are one. Woman came out of man. We are one. And when we operate as one, we are powerful. And Satan knows this. So he wants to hook you up with the wrong mate. Or if you're hooked up to the right one, he wants you divided. He hates God and he hates us who are made in the image of God, which is both man and woman. I'm going to start right here, giving you a background of Satan so you understand what's really going on with this gender identity. I'm at Ezekiel 
uh, chapter 28, verses 14 through 17. And again, this is talking about Satan. Thou art the anointed cherub that covered, and I have set you so. You were upon the holy mountain of God. You have walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. You were perfect in your ways from the day that you were created until iniquity was found in you. By the multitude of your merchandise, they have filled the midst of you with violence. You have sinned. Therefore, I will cast you as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Thy heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You have corrupted your wisdom by reason of your brightness. I will cast you to the ground. I will lay you before kings that they may behold you. Now, Satan was created in beauty. Many say that he was over the worship in heaven, but he decided that he wanted to be like God and be worshiped himself. So God cast him out of heaven with the angels that decided to rebel with him. So he was cast down to earth. When God created man, Satan was already on earth. God created man in his image, and he was to lord over Satan. We read there in verse 17 that God would lay Satan at the feet of kings. Well, we are the kings that God was talking about. But Satan deceived God's man king that he had made in his image, and he got reign on earth by getting man to fall like him. And he hates man because he is in the image of God. He wants to get man to operate with his nature, to kill, to steal, and to destroy. That's exactly what we're seeing on earth now. But he also wants to pervert God's original intent for man. Let's look at what God's intent was when he created man again. I'm at Genesis 1:28. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowls of the air and over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Now, two things I want to point out here. Number one, man was to have dominion, and Satan took that by getting man to fall in his deception. The second thing is what he's after and what's been after for a while, and that is to be fruitful and multiply. This is the other thing that he's after to totally take away God's original intent for man. Now, there were two times that God destroyed Satan's attempt to pervert man's original purpose and both of them had to do with sexual perversion. The first time he destroyed the whole world and saved only one man and his family. The other time he destroyed two cities and spared only one man and his family. Let's look at those. I'm in Genesis chapter six, verses one through four. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. Now, I want you to pay attention to this sons of God, okay? I'm going to come back and explain what that's saying. Again, verse 2, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, my spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. There were giants in the earth in those days, 
And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old men of renown. Now, this sons of God here has to do with angels. It's used three other times in the book of Job. And in all cases, it's talking about angels. So these fallen angels had sex with women, natural women. This was Satan attempting to pervert God's original intent. And it had to do with sexual perversion. Now, these angels were cast into chains until the day of judgment. In the book of uh, Jude, in Jude 6, it talks about the fact that these angels were destroyed and that they're in chains until the day of judgment. You can read it in Jude yourself. It's only one book. That verse talks about that. So here's what we got to understand here. Because of this, God destroyed all of mankind, and it had to do with sexual perversion. Now, let's go to uh, the other case. This is in Genesis chapter 19, verses 1 through 13. Now, let me set the stage for this. There were angels that had come down from heaven, and they were talking to Abraham about his wife, Sarah, bearing a son. And as they were concluding their conversation with him, the angels began to walk towards Sodom and Gomorrah. And when they did, the Lord said, I can't hide from Abraham what I'm about to do. So the angels told Abraham that they were about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham began pleading with the Lord, Lord, if you find 50 righteous men, will you spare the city for 50 righteous men? And the Lord said, if I find 50, I'll spare it. Abraham kept going down lower and lower. He went all the way down to five. He said, Lord, if you find five righteous men there in the city, will you spare the city for five? He said, yes, if I find five righteous men, I will spare the city. All right, that's the background. So now let's go to Genesis 19, verses 1 through 13. Here's what it says. And there came two angels to Sodom at evening, and Lot sat in the gate of Sodom, and Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them. And he bowed himself with his face toward the ground, and he said, Behold now, my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house, and tarry all night, and wash your feet, and you shall rise up early and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, we will abide in the streets all night. And Lot pressed upon them greatly that they would turn in unto him and enter into his house. And he made them a feast and did bake unleaved bread, and they did eat. Now I'm going to stop for a minute. These angels are eating. The other angels were having sex with women, which was forbidden for them. That's why they were cast into chains until the day of judgment. Verse four. But before they laid down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round about, both old and young men, all the people from every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, where are the men which came to thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. Now, the no they talking about is to have sex with them. Verse 6. And Lot went out at the door unto them and shut the door after him and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Behold, now I have two daughters which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you and do you to them as is good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing. For therefore they came under the shadow of my roof. And they said, stand back. And they said again, 
talk. Now, this is the men talking. This one fella came in to sojourn unto us. In other words, Lot was not from there. He came and joined them. And so, again, they said, this one fellow came in to sojourn, and he will need to be judge of us. Now will we deal worse with him than with them? And they pressed sore upon the men, even Lot, and came near to break down the door. But the men, the angels, put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house with them and shut the door. And they smote, the angels smote the men with which were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they were wearied themselves to find the door. And the men said unto Lot, Has thou here any besides son-in-laws are thy sons, thy daughters, and whoever thou hast in the city, bring them out of this place. For we will destroy this place because the cry of them is waxed great before the face of the Lord and the Lord has sent us to destroy it. Now, we read that both young and old men were so burning in their appetite for men that they were trying to tear down the door to get to them. And if not for the angels blinding them, they would have succeeded. And God destroyed both cities. So he destroyed the whole world in the first count we looked at. And then he he destroyed both Sodom and Gomorrah. And all of it had to do with sexual perversion. Satan's attempt to pervert God's original intent. Now, let's understand where we are today. My wife and I recently went to a wedding. The reception was in a restaurant uh, that was in a shopping center, shopping mall, really. And at the end of the reception, we had to walk a long way to the parking structure, but the street was closer to the restaurant. So my wife went to the street and I went alone to pick up the car while she waited on the street. There was a problem getting out of the parking structure gate. So the line of cars was long and it took a long time for me to get out of that uh, parking structure. When I did, she said several people tried to pick her up. She had taken her shoes off as she was waiting, and she had on a nice dress. But she said there were more women that tried to pick her up than men. Isn't that something? This is where we are today, and it's all over the world. Satan is succeeding at something that he's been doing from the beginning of the world. Now, the good thing about where we are today is that Jesus can change this. People don't have to be destroyed. They don't have to die. They don't have to be killed. They just need to be awakened to the truth. On the next episode, I'm going to share about some who have come out of this lifestyle and maybe play a testimony of a couple who were faced with the truth and they were transformed. Now, this is not hard to understand if you believe in God and you believe the Bible is God-inspired. I just read God's original intent and two cannot multiply with the same equipment. To multiply, one has to have seed and the other has to have a womb. Now, I know that many believe that they were born with uh, attraction to the same sex, but Satan is looking for a way in when we're young and innocent. I know of two occasions in my life that Satan was trying to get in with me in this manner when I was young and innocent. Now, you may say, Harold, what about those who, who cannot have children? Well, I know of two couples that I prayed for when doctors told them that they could not have children and both couples after being prayed for conceived and brought forth children. You may say, well, I don't want children and that's fine. 
but it still does not change the original intent of God for man and woman. This is why we need to understand the truth of the Godhead. It's not male God and male Holy Spirit and male Jesus. If it is, what's wrong with it being that on earth, if that's the way it is in heaven? It's not. That is not what it is in heaven. That is not the Godhead, and it's never been. Now, regardless, if we're just now seeing this, we should have seen it before. All who bring forth life on earth, whether they're animals, whether they're humans, or whatever, or whoever, it's a male and a female to bring forth life. You know, there are some things that we know within us, but we don't want to admit it because we want something else. So we ignore that inward something. Now, keep in mind, I did not give my opinion. I read from my kingdom's manual for living. If you don't agree with that, it's okay. It's my responsibility as one who loves mankind to say what I can say to set those free who want to be free. Whether it's believed and received is on the hearer. But I refuse to just say the politically correct thing. Too many lives are being destroyed because many just don't care. I care enough to be misunderstood in telling what I believe to be true. You know, God loves you whatever is happening in your life. He, he loves you. His only hatred is for the one, Satan, who is deceiving his creation that he made in his own image. I got more on this in episodes ahead. Let me say right here, if you don't know our living Savior, Jesus Christ, you get to know him right now. Say this prayer with me. Say, God, I believe that you sent your son, Jesus, to die for my sins. Jesus, I accept you into my life as my Lord and my Savior. Help me to live this life. That's it. It's that simple. If you mean what you just prayed, start reading the Bible for yourself. You can start in the book of St. John and in the book of Romans, and God will begin to show you his purpose for your life, and he'll begin to show himself to you. All right, we'll see you on the next episode.